Hello and welcome to the unofficial IMDb Top Movie Review. My name is Kyle and with me my co-host is Joe. It's a pleasure to be here. <clears throat> so what we're going to do with this podcast is we're going to try to rate or and review the top movies in, that you see in IMDb. Um, <clears throat> one thing, we, we've got, tried to go over many different types of movie we could rate. Uh, different things like Rotten Tomatoes, maybe highest grossing movie. This one kind of seemed the most basic, the kind of easiest to do, and and with movies that <clears throat> are probably considered overall the best to a wide audience. Yeah, and I think that's a big thing is that <coughs> these seem like the most accessible of the movies, and also Rotten Tomatoes were terrible. Like the top ones were like uh, Paddington Two, Paddington Two, and like. Uh, so that that was bad. I think um, IMDb is the most recognizable too of the uh, of the names. But we also thought about doing um, books, <clears throat> TV shows, Mormon based stuff. Yeah. As the as the listeners know, we're both Mormon. Yeah. Um, so you don't know. Yeah, and uh, so I mean, there's a lot of things we wanted to do. Mainly, we just wanted to dive deep into the into the pod and yeah. get our feet wet. <clears throat> and we and we've. For this past about year, we've been listening to a lot of albums too. Um, mm -hmm. I usually, I wasn't a huge music listener, but I decided to to start listening to some albums and us, some other family. We all decided to listen to a ton of them, and I've gotten a lot more into them. And we thought, well, maybe we should review albums too. Um, but you know, at the end of the end of the day, we thought this would be fun and. A lot of people would hopefully be interested in what we had to say about these movies because <clears throat> I know I know a lot of these top movies probably have already a lot of discussion, but hopefully we can add to that discussion and just because every single person has a different perspective of every movie. Some movies that are critically acclaimed I think are awful. Some of them I think are great. <laughs> I agree. So yeah, I, I hope that <clears throat> you can all learn something and, and get a different perspective than what you're used to. Yeah, and, and just for our listeners uh, across the country and around the globe, I think this is the first. This is the first time I've ever done a podcast or anything. Like that. You've done what? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I've tried one. And right now, I have one called uh, "World Religions Explained." I try to just briefly explain world religions. Um, so, if you want to visit that, uh, you can and listen to that. And if you're if you're uh, interested in <clears throat> just the basics of religions, that's what we're we're very uh, interested in all that philosophy, religion, movies, basically anything. We just like to discuss. Yeah, yeah. And so I think I think the um, <coughs> thing is, if anybody ever hears this podcast outside of the two people in this room, um, this is probably going to be a rough one. We're figuring out mics and uh, the audio and editing and uh, the, just how to speak correctly and the flow of the whole thing so there's no judgments in this one we're just going to be talking about um, <coughs> movies and uh and our insights in them which isn't that much we're not yeah. we're not experts in movies that's for yeah sure. um although you're probably much more an expert than me because uh <coughs> i i wouldn't say I, i'm not to so so the reviewers know i'm i'm well me and joe neither of us are are big blockbuster movie fans, you know, the ones that come out 
and not make the huge grossing movies. Because that was one of the our ideas, as I said, it was highest grossing movie, but all of them were like Marvel, things like that. And I just thought, I don't want to have to watch all those things. And I've seen about half of them. They're all right. But <clears throat> but Joe's watched a lot, a lot more movies than I have in my life. He's more of an expert than I am. But, you know, I still have, I think, hopefully some good things to bring. Yeah, and I think um, for, for me, I, I like I I I, uh, I grew up watching a lot of movies, and then I dropped out of high school when I was uh, about seventeen, and I spent a year straight basically doing nothing but watching movies. So I enjoy movies, and um, I, I don't. I'm not. A, I'm not a critic, or I, I don't know technical <laughs> stuff, but but I think this is a good transition actually of talking about this part, and I'll introduce. The movie if i may yeah um it's the number one movie on imdb um according to the imdb's algorithm and the, and the critics ratings uh, it's considered the greatest movie which is the shawshank redemption um and i'll and i'll start i guess by giving a little background about my relationship with that movie um uh, which i assume is pretty common i had i don't think i ever actually sat through the whole thing from beginning to end before i I'm pretty sure I've seen every single scene of that movie, just not in order because growing up, that movie was always on TV. And so I would see parts of it all the time. And so it, nothing was surprising to me in the movie um, or really new to me. But uh, I will say, uh, well, I'll just say from the beginning that I, I, I was very familiar with the movie, which I'm pretty sure pretty much was. Yeah, and I, that was kind of the same thing for me. I remember when I was younger, uh, I don't know what age, probably middle school sometime. <clears throat> some of my family had watched the movie, and so I already had seen what the ending was. I it, I was kind of the same thing. I'd seen a lot of it, but I never actually sat down and watched it. <clears throat> and so the first time I actually watched it was probably about, I don't know, seven, eight years ago. <clears throat> And I remember loving it and thinking it was really good. And, and so I watched it again for this podcast. <clears throat> and, I, and I'll just say straightforward that it was extremely entertaining. And, 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 <clears throat> and what makes this movie so good is that a lot of the times it's hard to, to get that entertaining with the in-depth in a movie. Most of the times that I talk about a lot of these blockbuster movies I see, <clears throat> you have good entertainment value. Um, but you don't have a ton of depth. And I've seen a lot of movies with a lot of depth and I like, but they're semi-boring. And <clears throat> Shawshank Redemption is just the perfect mix of both. It's extremely entertaining. There's not a boring scene in it. Not one scene is bad. Every scene is good. It dra draws you in. And it's uh, there's so much depth to the movie. And that's what makes it one of the greatest movies of all time, or according to IMDb, the greatest movie of all time, is because it's a perfect blend of these things. Yeah, I was I, I was surprised by how much I liked it. I was expecting to like it, uh, but um, I would say its number one spot is well deserved. I, I there are other movies I think are better than this personally, but I I'm it's a it's well deserved for how much um, critical praise it's got. Yeah, um, especially for the movie didn't do very well, I guess, when it first opened, and we'll get more to, into those facts, I think, later into the conversation. But yeah, I think that uh, it wasn't; I, it was well received, but it wasn't a huge smash success or anything immediately. Yeah, and and I think one thing that I 
knows about it is it's aged very well. I, I understand it's not that old. It was made in 94, I think. <clears throat> and so it's, it's not super old, like 25, 26 years old. But as all of us know, if you watch movies from the mid-90s, many of them have been dated. Many of them, just the acting, different things is just... <clears throat> It doesn't fit very well now, and they seem a little boring now, or a little corny. This one just doesn't. I mean, literally, I feel like this could be made right now in 2020, and it would be essentially the same movie. Maybe, you know, maybe the video quality would be a little better, but that's about it. I mean, nothing else would, I don't think, would be much better. Yeah, and I remember you saying that to me <clears throat> before I watched it. Uh, uh, you watched it a couple days before I did. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, the only thing I think uh, that I so there's two things, and 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 I don't know how we want to do this. We don't we don't have all the kinks worked out. What we're going to talk about in what order? But um, so there's just probably going to be a lot of jumping around here. <clears throat> but there was two main things I think that would have changed if it was made now, and I don't know. It, well, one, I don't think there would have been narration. <clears throat> narration is not very popular. And I don't know how much it adds to the movie itself. I, most of the things um, Red says you could show or is already showing. And it's not necessarily bad. I enjoyed it. Um, but, it but, but narration isn't very popular anymore in movies. And I, I'm expecting... I would, I would suspect that that would have probably been taken out or, or extremely lessened. The other... Um, the other thing, at least this isn't so much a, a, a time difference, but I think this is something that would have been really tempting to the writer. And I was going to, I wanted to talk about like the director and the actors first before we got into the movie, but, um, the director also wrote the screenplay and this is, and it's based off of a novella by Stephen King called, um, what was that called? Just a second. Let me see here. Um, Rita Hayworth and Shawshank Redemption. Which, by the way, is a terrible title for a, a book, and the Shawshank Redemption is also a terrible title for the movie. I think if my biggest complaint with the whole thing is actually, it's that's not a good name. But anyway, um, the other thing I think that would have been really tempting as a writer would have been to condense the timeline down, because the story spans such a huge time, and every scene seems to jump such a crazy amount of time, and you don't usually get that in movies because it's kind of more difficult to follow. But I'm really happy they stuck with that because I think it brings a lot more power <coughs> in the movie. Um, the uh, I know the director said he watched Goodfellas, I believe, every week while filming it. Um, and I think you can kind of tell that with how the, he paces the movies, which is fantastic. But I think it's a very difficult thing to pull off. And I think studios aren't huge into having these, these crazy things. Because it's like, what is it, like two years before... <coughs> they even becomes friends with red or something yeah it's, it's crazy yeah it's few years and yeah it's like every seems like every scene jumps at least a few years and some jump like 10 years <clears throat> yeah and i was shocked with the two-year thing because i mean you could easily make it seem like within the first week he becomes friends with red uh but instead it just he it sounds like it's like two years or something before. I, I can't remember specifically the uh, <clears throat> the timeline but anyway yeah things jump so fast and like i said i think it's good it makes it feel more real but it's just a thing that i i think is really bold and probably wouldn't have been done yeah and i, I think i yeah i think it's it's a they do a really good job with that because it 
they do a good job at making it seem like it's been a long time and pushing the relationships between the characters, um, <clears throat> make it kind of this organic like growth within their uh, characters' relationships. And it does seem like they've been around each other for a long time. And, and <clears throat> they just do a good job at every scene. It seems like they get closer and closer and, and the relationship gets stronger and stronger. And, and that's why, uh, yeah, I just love the relationships between the characters. And, and kind of going back to your point about the narration, I, I think I would agree that they probably wouldn't do that now. But <clears throat> the thing is, it's such an iconic uh, narration because... Uh, Obviously, Morgan Freeman, he's kind of the stereotypical narrator that everybody thinks about. Yeah, which and, did you did you know that this is his first movie he narrated? Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe that's why, it must be why he became really big at it. Well, because I mean, I think, it was, I, mean he, I think he's been famous for a long time, but this yeah. was that. Because now, and growing up, you know, you and I, that, that's what he's known for. <laughs> but this was the first movie he ever uh, narrated. And so it's so... Uh, Watching it seems uh, almost like a joke. Yeah. You know, uh, it seems almost like a parody because it's so common you hear people doing impersonations of him or whatever, uh, narrating something. But it's it's funny because, yeah, when it first came out, it was completely <coughs> novel for him to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Go with your notes, what you think. Well, I was going to say, do you want to talk a little bit about I was going to mention stuff about the director. And yeah, go ahead. Well, that was one thing. I, I, I just saw some interesting things. Um, uh, so Tom Hanks, uh, the director, well, let's start with the director, Frank Darabont, um, who, uh, well, I guess we should probably have started by saying this has a 9.3 on IMDb. We didn't even mention yeah. that. Um, but anyway, Frank Darabont, uh, <clears throat> he wrote and directed this movie, and it's his... His movies are really interesting because he didn't do anything before this that I recognize. Um, he did three movies before this. Then he did this movie, which was huge. The next movie he did, he wrote and directed, which is The Green Mile, yeah. which I also thought was fantastic. I know <laughs> That's another like Stephen King book, yeah. right? Yeah. Which, and again, he, he adapted <clears throat> for the story. And, uh, no, I like Green Mile a lot. Oh, I thought, yeah, I thought it was a great movie. I, oh, I thought okay. it was great, yeah. You didn't like The Magic, though? Yeah, the ma the magic was was odd because I feel like because obviously Stephen King books are there's always some sort of sci fi magical thing in there and yeah I thought Green Mile was a great movie but I just thought the magic um, almost it was just unnecessary but I understand they fold the book so well but but it's funny well yeah because because uh, I I mean I thought it was really cool but I haven't seen it in a long time but what's interesting is watching the Shawshank Redemption I thought man this movie's like very Stephen King and it felt like Stephen King to me but I I think that probably just came from the direction because it reminded me of the Green Mile yeah which was by the same director so <clears throat> so you have this Frank Darabont that obviously likes to adapt from Stephen King um and then after that he made a movie called The Majestic which uh have you seen that movie it has uh, Jim Carrey I've never seen it um and uh, I never saw that. It has a 6.9 on AMDB. It's supposed to be okay. I've heard. But then after that, he did a couple TV shows. Then he did a movie, The Mist, which is based off of uh, Stephen King. Yeah, I've heard that. I've never watched it. Which isn't supposed to be great, I don't think. Um, and but I'm not really sure. And then then he did an episode of Walking Dead, and then he did an episode of Mop City. So his, mo his, his movie kind of career, I mean, he's still working, but... Um, 
it just seems to kind of slowly gone downhill. <clears throat> so I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, he he seems to be really good at adapting <clears throat> Stephen King stuff. Though. Yeah. But he wanted Tom Hanks originally for <clears throat> this movie for Shawshank, uh, which would have been really good. Yeah. But that, he, just as the main character. Yeah, as Andy. 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 Andy Dufresne. That's how it's spelled. But um, Tim Robbins, I thought, was really well. Um, but, I mean... Yeah. Well, I yeah. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to... It's hard to argue that Tom Hanks wouldn't have been amazing in the movie because, I mean, Tom Hanks is my number one slash two actor ever. Um, but yeah. but I definitely can't can uh, say anything bad about Tim Robbins. I think he did amazing in this. I think he did fantastic. So yeah, I'm not I'm not going to complain that they didn't cast Tom Hanks. Yeah, that, I mean, <clears throat> it, it would have. I mean, he had his chance in Green Mile. He'd yeah, be good in that too. Um, I think that's all I have to say about, uh, the, about the kind of <coughs> pre-production stuff. I, I mean, like I said, it was based on a short story called Rita Hayworth and Shawshank Redemption, and they shortened it, um, to, to The Shawshank Redemption. Um, and part of the reason they think it didn't do great in theaters is because of the name, which I'd agree with, because, I, I mean, I get the name, I get that the story is kind of like, um... Uh, Shawshank in the movie, and I guess this is a good time to segue into the actual movie itself. But when when <coughs> Shawshank is 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 depicted in the film, it's almost um, first of all the great cinematography, like the, it looks fantastic, the the, the building they yeah. and everything. But the it's it's a place that seems to like suck the life out of people almost supernaturally. I mean, this the movie's certainly not supernatural. But it, it definitely feels like, and maybe it's just I'm projecting because it's Stephen King, but it seems like it kind of goes in that way of like, of, of people when they go in there, it, it sucks any hope and, and joy out of people. And, and Andy Dufresne and, and what he brought kind of redeems um, uh, Red and himself and the people around him and kind of brings a different spirit into it. Um, so, I, I mean, at least that's kind of what I get from the title. Um, I just think it's a stupid sounding title yeah well and and i think i think kind of going along with your point it's uh, it's kind of like it the movie or the book um <clears throat> part of it's supposed to be how people kind of start going a little crazy and in the town of Derry, they they go crazy and they start <clears throat> basically murdering people um and it doesn't seem weird and that's what i almost feel like with this with like the prison guards even with the, the warden they do these crazy things and it's like literally right at the beginning of the movie when andy gets in there and there's the fat guy and they and he cries and then they just beat him to death it's just like insane so it's so i mean yeah looking at the stephen king uh, model of doing things yeah you could you could just say well that's just kind of how that world is there's some evil power that that possesses some places that maybe that's just they're all possessed yeah that would be interesting too to hear because uh, at least with Stephen King, I know that um, all his books essentially take place in the same world. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know how much they influence his writing. Um, and if, if, if that was in his mind when he was writing Rita Hayworth and Shawshank Redemption, if it were, if it was, I wonder for Frank Darabont how much that, if that was in his mind at all, 
I mean, I doubt it was, but it would just be interesting to know. But yeah, there's the, Stephen King loves this. Uh, he loves this extreme bullying, like way over the top bullying, um, uh, to show evil and to show like racism and homophobia and uh, just this kind of. I guess toxic masculinity, if you will, um, this this extreme anger, and so you get if it's about kids, it's basically the same characters as what what was the guard's name in this? I don't remember. Um, oh, what's that? Oh, I have her here, um, Captain Hadley. Yeah, Captain <coughs> Hadley. They they kind of have these Captain Hadleys on pretty much everything, whether it's a teen, it's a schoolyard bully, or a, a, yeah, as an adult, it's these extreme uh, high and low. <coughs> which, by the way, I thought was. A fantastic scene that that whole thing but we'll talk yeah. about that well the just fun fact i was looking captain hadley he does the voice for mr krabs and spongebob <laughs> okay. yeah no i that's was like I, I thought like i thought that, that's he really uh i mean yeah. i'm sure he gets paid a lot for that oh yeah he probably makes tons <laughs> yeah so but yeah so oh yeah i'm looking at that now he does he yeah he does a lot of does, voice yeah. acting <clears throat> i recognized him i can't remember from what but um but yeah, I mean, he's, he's worked a lot. Uh, so going to the... Speaking of which, Shawshank Redemption does show up in the book. Yeah. Uh, they mentioned at least <coughs> people get sent there after killing. I think a guy like kills his son or something. Yeah. And in the show Castle Rock, I saw Shawshank's mm-hmm. like a big thing around. It's a really good show. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, the, the Shawshank has a kind of its own internal cool history. Yeah. Um... But the movie opens with the uh, with the showing the events that led up to the murder of the wife and the um, and her her lover. Her lover yeah. So Andy just shows with Andy Dufresne in the car, planning on killing his wife, who is cheating on him with uh, this golf golf pro pro. Um, and the main thing I want, I don't necessarily want to go through the movie unless you want to, uh, no. storyline, but my point bring that up was the first thing that kind of caught my attention was I thought the editing in that first scene of the cutting back and forth from the, um, trial to the scene of him, uh, contemplating murder was super well edited. Um, and, and I think that editing holds through the whole movie, but what, what you talked about before of this movie being extremely engaging a lot has to do with the editing uh that that scene really kind of immediately grabs you and it's nothing novel i mean it's nothing like uh inventive or or something it's just a really well edited scene that you've seen probably a million times if you watch crime shows or movies well yeah and i think one thing about it too is it does a really good job i mean i guess you know talking about making fun of the name but It is about this redemption, but I think it does a good job at keeping keeping the characters pretty uh, <clears throat> consistent of who they are. That it does a good job at at keeping the movie kind of dark and and showing the gruesome parts of jail and showing like the corruption in the system, showing you know whether the court system or the jail system uh, or the prison system. <clears throat> And showing, you know, all all the people that are bad and all the people they've hurt and they've killed, and whether the prisoners themselves or the guards or the warden. <clears throat> and it shows all these, but it's still, despite all that, 
is like a redemption movie. It's kind of this happy thing. And so I think they do a really good job at showing this is such a bad place. But like you said, Andy somehow kind of overcame this inherent darkness that is in Shawshank. And he, he brought this light. And, and so, yeah, they do such a good job. And, and part of it, yeah, I'm sure it's the editing. and But I, I think it's just the storytelling of... <clears throat> How how one man basically brought a brought in this light of in this place of darkness while still showing the darkness in it and I and I think like I don't know how they how they told that story so well but it's so depressing yet it's so triumphant and, yeah well and that's <clears throat> and jumping a little bit back to the um, captain and the and the uh, the warden warden Norton uh, these characters are are really evil and they border on caricatures cartoon versions of evil people but they they write it well enough where it never feels that way yeah because i think you could easily fall into the trap of just making them cartoonish villains evil people uh, he's a warden he hates prisoners and he hides behind this uh devout christian facade but he's actually evil and does bad things but it never really came across to me that way it all it, it came across to me as a, as a very interesting uh i don't want to say relatable but believable i guess yeah uh the character <clears throat> but that that what are you talking about with that um it's depressing and it's triumphant part of the reason this movie is so good is every every storyline has a payoff and every what what do you want to I could call it a, a payoff or a twist <clears throat> or or um climax that happens at the end is foreshadowed yeah so everything comes together so well it's 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 like it was really surprising to watch i mean the old man story brooks <clears throat> He had, he had lived uh, in the prison for 50 years. Yeah. Um, they talk about him losing hope and not knowing where to live, and then he eventually kills himself. That that scene of it just kind of bearing off, and suddenly you're following Brooks, and then you watch him tell him kill himself, I thought was so well made, and it was so good. <clears throat> but the fact that they bring that back to you see basically is he going to be a is he is he basically what red is going to end up being is he what's going to andy's going to end up being so andy at the end has the rope afraid he's going to kill himself um but he doesn't and then at the end red ends up in his uh brooks's apartment writes his name on there everything ends up being so important to the characters everybody else's characters it's just so well written it's like uh yeah, it it was just kind of uh, just fun to watch watch all that payoff. Well, yeah, and the Brooks storyline was I don't know how they did it so well because generally when you see movies that have this like storyline that veers off, it's just all of a sudden he goes out and it follows him for a little bit. <clears throat> generally, it's really awkward because you're like, okay, well, why are we following this guy? We're not in the prison anymore. We're in kind of a side character just doing this. But it, it, it fits so well. It just like somehow worked so well and they brought it back like extremely well. And like you said, at the end, it 
foreshadowed and it, it made you think, oh, this is exactly what uh, <clears throat> what Morgan Freeman read is going to happen to him. <clears throat> yeah, and, and I and and that's what I I think they <clears throat> I think they did such a good job making these prisoners <clears throat> like relatable, understanding that well, yes, they did commit crimes and uh, as the whole story with Red maybe getting out early for, you know, having a life sentence, but for good behavior, getting out early, seeing if he's, <clears throat> um, if he's changed. And, <clears throat> and I think that's the, the movie does a good job showing, yes, there are some people are bad and, and some people are a little harsh or in different ways, but you do have people who just made mistakes and they're nice guys and they just kind of get used to the system. And that's, and, and again, if we want to go back to the supernatural thing, it's almost like Shawshank holds these people. And I understand you can just say this is like a natural thing, natural thing if you're in a prison for 50 years, it, the outside's scary and you don't want to go out. But but I also think you can look at the other way and saying the <clears throat> this Shawshank, it, it is a supernatural thing that holds you there, that even though you're not necessarily happy there, you don't want to leave it. And I and I, I just love that because it, it's this thing of saying, man, it's so depressing. But again, like I said before, Andy brings his light there to where it almost seems you, you can understand that the char- why the characters want to stay there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, yeah. And I, and, I, and I wonder, like I said, I wonder if Frank Darabont had that in mind. He must have when they shot the introduction of Shawshank you have this huge overhead shot of going over the top of Shawshank and you see all the prisoners and then you get this uh, uh, from the lower from from the like a POV shot of going into the building and the camera pans up to see the height of it and it's uh, it kind of like reminded me of how they shoot uh, like Hogwarts or something where it's supposed to be this menacing, almost alive building. You're being swallowed up by an actual living thing, and I and and so so yeah. I I I and and this is one of those things where I I think that uh, potentially the movie's better than the book. I've I've read that that people have said that. Um. But I just, I can't help but think that Stephen King would have at least had that in mind, even if he didn't want to run with it, had it in mind that this thing was alive. This thing, there was forces going on uh, that affected the characters. But the one thing I wanted to mention with Brooks is in the book, Brooks is in prison because he killed his wife and daughter, Mm. which is, they left it out of the movie probably because they wanted to make it more likable. But I guess you don't know if you ever actually did it or not. But it's just an interesting um, note about Brooks. <clears throat> he's potentially a madman. Oh, the other thing I wanted to mention about Brooks. Yeah. Um, and this is where I think Frank Darabont is... I mean, him writing the screenplay to me is amazing anyway, but Brooks didn't kill himself in the book. Oh, yeah. Um, he just gets out and dies. And it's just a short... He just gets out and dies in sleep. And it's just a short, I think, a paragraph or whatever. It's just a short thing. And the fact that uh, Darabont understood that the, that Brooks... Because to me, Brooks is actually ends up kind of being the key, <coughs> the core, 
almost the hinge point of what what is what is Red going to do? Who is Red going to be? Is yeah. he going to is he going to be Andy or is he going to be Brooks? And and to use Brooks as this foil and as this key to all this foreshadowing and um, all this uh, planting all these seeds that either come to fruition or you end up kind of having subverted expectations of what's going to happen all kind of come through Brooks. And so I think his, his genius, that's probably a strong word, but the best <clears throat> idea I think he had was probably changing Brooks's story. Cause I think that really was a key to the movie without that. I don't think it would have been quite as powerful of an ending. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that's why I said, I think that, we talked about that Brooks story that was kind of this veer off from the main story to a side character's story outside the prison with something that would seem so weird, but it ended up fitting so well. And like you said, it was kind of <clears throat> a focal point of everything. It was kind of like where everything, everything hinged on. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think, I think the movie overall is, is amazing. I I mean, I, and I don't use that too often with movies. I mean, I think some movies are good, some are great, but yeah, as you said at the beginning, I I hundred percent agree that this is well deserved number one movie of IMDb, and it's well deserved to be known as one of the best, if not the best, movies of all time. I mean, you can you can like other movies better, but I think uh, overall, it it it. <clears throat> such a wide variety of audiences could enjoy this movie. And I think that's what makes it great. Yeah. And that's what I, one question I wanted to ask you. Uh, and I guess we've kind of gone over it, but I was going to ask at some point, what, why do you think it's resonated so well? Why do you think it's number one, regardless of if you like it or not? Cause, yeah. cause we're going to run into movies doing these that we just don't like. Yeah. Um, but I think it's important to at least acknowledge if we can, why other people, think it's good and i guess we've kind of gone over all that already but um i mean do you have anything to add about why you think it just resonated with and why it stayed so successful why it's the it's the most played movie on cable it's number one on imdb um uh do you have anything else yeah to i mean yeah i don't think i have anything else i mean basically just to reiterate i just think it's this triumphal story that <clears throat> that it at the end it is a feel-good movie and and the general audience loves these feel-good movies uh <clears throat> but but also <clears throat> it, it's never boring it's entertaining and the people who like you know we talk about us who aren't into just pure action all the time and just flashing lights and explosions it, it brings us you know more depth and it brings something that really drags you into the movie and it's not just sitting there mindlessly saying oh i just want to relax and watch this movie i think it's it's this in-depth story that everybody can get something out of and i think that's i mean to me i'm sure there's a much more eloquent way to say it and much more but i mean maybe you have something else no i mean i, I agree with that yeah i think the only thing so what about um anything you didn't like about it <clears throat> um Honestly, I've been trying to think about that, and I honestly can't think of anything I just didn't like. I mean, maybe everything wasn't 100% perfect, but characters, I can't think of any character that I just thought was like... Because generally, movies at least has one character, I just think, if they just weren't in there. This movie, 
I didn't have any problem with any character. I had no problem with any scene. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, I don't know. I don't really have any major problem. No, I don't either. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I could nitpick random things about maybe lines are kind of weird or whatever. But I think the only thing that, and, and I don't know for sure um, if I'd change it, but <clears throat> I'm assuming this discussion happened in the writing process. Uh, the ending, um, Red is narrating as he's driving on the bus to go to, uh, I think, El Paso, Texas, Yeah, where he's going to go from there across the border and meet Andy. And it's showing the bus drive off, and then it fades or cuts, and then it cuts to him being on the beach in Mexico. Yeah. And I kind of, I don't know if we needed that. I mean, I, I felt good. I was happy to see him together, yeah. and, and uh, it, it does give the satisfying ending. But I kind of was hoping it would end with him going to Texas, and then you're just left with the the hope that he gets there. Yeah. Because you don't know for sure if Andy made it to Mexico. Yeah. Um, you don't know if Red will make it to Mexico. You don't know if they'll get caught. I mean, it's, it's not not necessarily a cliffhanger so much as it, it kind of leaves the audience with the uh, choice to keep hope, I guess. Yeah. And instead, they it ends with a scene with them seeing each other. And um, like I said, I'm not necessarily against it, but I, I, I felt like for the type of movie, it was almost a little too conclusive and a little too happy. Yeah, uh, I I think it would have been nice just to kind of end on a feeling of he's he's going to see him, and then you're left hoping that he yeah made it. And I think that's why I, like a lot of general audience liked it because they liked that type yeah. of ending. But I I do agree with this type of movie. I could definitely see it kind of being more of a an open ended ending. Um, yeah. Um, the only I think the. Uh... A few final thoughts I, I want to point out that I liked about the movie um, that uh, next time we'll try to organize or go through in a specific way, but I like the parallel of the warden, and he had the picture, and behind the picture was his secrets, and and then the picture said uh, something like, judgment will come to the wicked or something, some scripture, some biblical <coughs> passage, and behind it is where... Uh, he kept all his documents about him laundering money. Yeah. And ultimately the, the, the irony of, of the judgment coming to him and it was stored behind that. But then the parallel with Andy having the mirroring that and having a picture on his wall and behind that was his freedom and his judgment ultimately of, of a righteous judgment of being able to get out. Um, there's just so many things like that in the movie that I think are so smart. And, and I think even if you don't notice them consciously, they, they're what make the movie so yeah. good. And so I think that's a reason the, the, the movie. <clears throat> when so you said like the, the, it's like the scripture that his problems are behind, but his, but Andy's freedom was behind, you know, a so-called like sin poster. Oh, and yeah. so, yeah, yeah, it's just kind of interesting. Yeah. Contraband, <clears throat> um, sexual poster. Yeah. So that's insane. Yeah, so I, I, I think it's good. So far, so good. The next... Um, you you want to talk about the next movie? or um, uh, I think we're probably about out of time, but I think the next movie we're going to do is Godfather. Yeah. So that's a good movie. So Godfather's really yeah. good. Um, it's, yeah, it's number two. It's one of the best movies of all time, and it is my favorite movie. Yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about that, and hopefully have fun with that. And again, 
as Joe said, hopefully we we can organize our thoughts a little better, um, <clears throat> and then we can have have a more more tolerable discussion. And hopefully everyone enjoyed it, and <clears throat> hopefully you keep listening. Please keep listening because that'd be be awesome. Because we would love to keep doing this, and again, hopefully you enjoy it. And yeah, all right. We'll see you next time, hopefully. Thank you.